Hello and welcome to another edition of Deeper. Uh, here we go again and we're going to uh, look at a passage that we looked at on Sunday and it's just so good to have you with us. It's also good to have Beck with us. Uh, Beck preached on Sunday and uh, I'd encourage you to watch the sermon. Uh, it's the start of a brand new sermon series. Uh, why don't you tell us what the series is about, Beck? Okay, so last term we were looking at the missional life and how we shape our lives around mission, how we get ourselves in the right places and um, focused and looking for the opportunities to share the gospel. And this term we're looking at how we tell a better story to our culture. So we're thinking about how do we communicate the gospel in a way that people can connect with? How do we um, see the signs in the culture of things that are good and things that we could tell a better story about? Um, and we're going to think about how the Holy Spirit empowers and equips us for mission and we're also going to think about some of those really difficult questions that always come up when we start to have these conversations about life and faith with people Uh, so hopefully over this next term you'll be really well equipped for living that missional life for taking those opportunities that God gives you to share the gospel absolutely so this is part of our equipping for mission year Uh, And we just want to enable you to be able to talk about the good news in as relevant a way as possible. And so each week we will try and help you do that. Uh, And Beck started with creation yesterday. How do we talk to creation? Which actually is a big deal for our younger generations. How do we talk about it to, to them and do it in such a way that draws them closer to Jesus? So that's the idea about what we're doing. So we're going to look at the passage, which was... uh, (laughs) Uh, Beck picked a, a really big a passage. whole Bible. Yes. Uh, so we, were, um, we start with John 1, verses 1 to 18, which you, you all know, but it's a really deep, theologically dense passage. Um, so we want you to read it. Uh, I'd encourage you to read it slowly and to read it in a number of different versions. Um, but then we're going to look at the passage specifically focusing on creation because that's what Beck was talking about. There are so many ideas and themes in this passage, we could spend hours doing a deeper on it. So uh, we're gonna just look at creation and um, help you just see what this says about creation. So why not press pause, read the passage, and then restart the video. Okay then, so here, let's, <laughs> let's do a deep dive into John 1, 1 to 18. Um, and we're gonna break it into different parts. Uh, we're going to look at uh, verses um, 1 to 5 uh, and then 9 to 14 because they're the passages that focus on creation. The other two passages we'll uh, not spend so much time on because they're talking about John, who is a big part of this story, uh, but we will only talk about him briefly. So let's go with the first part, 1 to 5. Beck, why didn't you start? But what does this say to us about creation? Okay, so in the beginning was the word. There's a couple of things um, that I love about this passage. The first one being that it is a brilliant storytelling um, example, isn't it? So so in the beginning, it immediately puts you in mind of a story. And we're thinking about how we tell this story. it's beautifully put together. And then the word, the word is Jesus. Straight away, we're, we're taken back to that idea of Genesis. And mm. then we meet Jesus in creation, the word of God. Um, and so the word um, 
With God, word and action are really closely related. So God's words and act things and also God's actions speak to us, don't they? And so for Jesus to be the word in creation is is really significant, I think. It is, isn't it? And what it, what this passage says about Jesus is, is hugely significant because not only was he there, nothing was made without him. Mm. And so John is all the way through this passage is making a huge statement about who Jesus is. He's not saying he's a prophet, he's not saying he's some kind of uh, rebellion leader or anything like that. All the way through this, as you read it through, you'll see that John is specifically saying that Jesus was God. And that's so important. So I'm a little bit of a nerd about this particular area of theology. But I, it's really, really exciting to me that it's really significant and important that we understand Jesus as God. Jesus as pre-existing his birth as a baby um, in Bethlehem. But, but Jesus is part of the Godhead expressed in creation there from the beginning. And that stuff's all worked out in the creeds. So if you want to come and talk to me about creeds, or look into creeds that's a really interesting area of theology that's really important who Jesus is yeah. and you know it's incredible what John says here because he says he was with God and was God so there's this kind of idea of, of the Trinity starting I mean at the moment there's only two of them father and son but uh, it's starting to expand yeah, that they are both God but have their own separate kind of identity he was both with God and was God is saying something deeply profound that I'd encourage you to reflect on. So, and then we get on to, in him was life, and that life is the light of all mankind. And there's something really important here about who we are in response to who Jesus is. So Jesus is there right at the beginning, creating, speaking into being, and out of that darkness and nothingness before creation comes life and light and everything that is comes out of that word of God spoken in creation. And that's right, and life and light are just so connected. And then, I mean, there are two key themes in John, and John brings in a third theme, which is darkness. Uh, and in this, he kind of brings the idea of conflict, uh, which again is something all the way through John. And um, what, what we see here is that the, the light overcomes darkness. And that is always the truth for us, that light overcomes darkness. Uh, that darkness exists because of the way God has created. He's enabled us to have free will, to make choices. Uh, all creation has that. It's a part of our image of God in us that we have the ability to choose. But we can sometimes choose the wrong things. So uh, there's this idea here of the light overcoming darkness all the way through. So let's go on to the second passage, which is 9 to 14. Uh, and this is where... This specifically talks about Jesus entering the world. Mm -hmm. What does that say to you, Beck? So, um, so we carry on with this theme of light and darkness, that Jesus is light stepping into our dullness. Um, Jesus comes into creation and brings light. Um, and that sort of incarnation illuminates all of what creation is about, all of what our purpose is, um, how we belong to God. Um, and that then is unpacked as this passage unfolds. Um, that we don't recognise 
God, when we, when we encounter him in Jesus, and that's so true of our culture, isn't it? When we're telling the story of the gospel, we need to help people to recognise Jesus in the story of their own life, in the story of the world around them, because we just don't see it. No, absolutely not. And yeah, one of the things that I, I think this says to us here is that um, it's the value that God places on his creation. You know, that he would actually choose to, to become one of us and step into creation and live amongst us. That says something incredibly powerful about his value that he places on creation. And the greatest travesty is that no one recognized it. No one recognized the creator walking amongst his creation. And so then we move into this bit about um, being children of God and, and that idea again that, that God is intimately connected to his creation, that he cares about us as a father and um, that he loves what he's created and that, that we are then adopted into God's family. And on Sunday, we talked a bit about belonging and the mm. importance. And, and that's something that in our culture, people are really searching for. And that's part of this gospel story that you are created and belong to God, that he cares for you because you are his, mm. um, is an incredible message to be able to share. And, it, and equally one that challenges people's it sense does. of independence mm. um, and autonomy and all of those things that we need to be able to speak into that's right and then you know verse 14 i think is well yeah 14 um you know the word became flesh made us dwelling amongst us and we've seen his glory uh, the glory of the one and only who came from the father full of grace and truth and there's all the way through the bible talks about um how creation reveals the glory of god and yet here is god's glory being revealed in a different way that mm-hmm. you know it's as God himself becomes like one of his creation, he's revealing something of his glory in the world. And that's all seen in Jesus. Um, so let's quickly move on to uh, John. And um, there's two passages, uh, 6 to 9, um, and then um, 15 onwards. So uh, anything you want to say about John, just very quickly in this story? Um, well, partly just that, that this indicates to us a bit that this is a story that John's telling. So he's speaking about, you know, this is the thing that happened with Jesus. This is the beginning of his biggest story, his gospel story that he, he's writing down. Um, and so he's introducing the characters as we uh, go through it. And the other thing I notice with this is that the difference in the way that he speaks about Jesus and John the Baptist. John the Baptist is a really significant player, particularly in this beginning part of the story. Um, and yet, even though he's got a really important part to play, it's nothing. It's a, it's a passing mention mm. in this unfolding of this is who Jesus is, though. Like, John's really excited about yeah. who Jesus is. And although John is a is a big player in this part of the story. All he's doing is pointing to Jesus. That's all he's doing. You know, he's looking at the one who he knows was, was there before all time. And he's pointing to him and saying, you know, here's one who's greater than me. And, uh, and that is actually just our role, isn't it? That is our role. In all the stories that we tell, just to point to Jesus. And that's so reassuring because sometimes I think we build up our part, don't we? And we, mm-hmm. we feel like we've got all this responsibility. But actually, 
both John the Gospel writer and John the Baptist understood that their role was really just to point people to Jesus and Jesus takes it from there. And that's great news for us, isn't it? And yeah, it's fascinating what John the Baptist says because it reveals something that that clearly only God could have revealed to him. Uh, So in verse 15 he says, "Uh, This is he of whom I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. So, you know, he's pointing to Jesus as being greater, but also the one who was before, before him in some way. And it's a kind of looking forward and looking back all at the same time. And he's seeing something that in Jesus there was, there was divinity. And again, that's, that comes out in the very last verse, uh, verse 18. Uh, I'm going to read it from um, uh, my version of the NIV. Uh, it says, no one has ever seen God but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. I want you to read that verse and read it slowly because, again, John is making a big point, isn't he? Mm-hmm. You know, that Jesus is God. So that God, the one, so no one's ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, that, that is Jesus. Jesus is God, the one and only. And he sat at the Father's side. And that Jesus is God's self-revelation. So Jesus is God showing himself and all of who he is and what he wants us to know about him. And so when we read the gospel, when we get familiar with scripture, when we see what Jesus does, that's how we get to know God and and know this story in a way that we're able to express it to others. And the way John frames this, uh, John the writer, is it's all in the context of creation. Uh, you know, Jesus as creator coming into his creation, revealing the glory of God and demonstrating that he is in fact God himself. And you know, there is no greater uh, value that anyone could place on creation than that, that the creator would come into his creation. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're going to think a little bit about what's the application of all of this uh, and go a little bit wider. So uh, what does all this mean for us as Christians? And uh, so we're going to just bring out a few points for you to uh, reflect on. So why don't you go first, Beck? Okay, so if the gospel is God's revelation of himself to us in Jesus, then do we know the gospel story well enough to be able to speak about it on all different levels? So Jesus really often told stories that that echoed something of the kingdom of God in a really simple way. Are we able to do that? And do we understand it at depth? Do we understand what, you know, when we read this passage, do we read over all of that theology that's hidden in there? Or do we see actually, yeah, you know, this is speaking to me about who Jesus is and about what the incarnation means and what creation is worth that Jesus would step into it and all of that depth as well that Mm, that can be in there. I think you know, the, the, the times on the when, when you, if you talk about creation, people always want to talk about detail, or did it really happen in seven days, and all those kind of things. Uh, what John does is say, focus on who the creator is and what the creator has subsequently done. That's what John does. Mm-hmm. He focuses on that. And I think there's a, a lesson for us there to not get caught up in some of the arguments and debates that uh, can happen. And it's not that they're unimportant. But if you're trying to talk to someone who isn't a Christian about creation, then sometimes the details don't always help. And we need to focus in on what John does here and say, you know, well, what really matters? 
is that Jesus was there doing it, making it all, and that he came and lived amongst us to restore and renew creation. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of the key point, isn't it? Yeah, it is. that's a really great point, actually. I think you know, on top of that as well, as, you know, all the way through this, we see just the power of creation to speak to us of God. You know, I think uh, you've talked about that, and you know, it's just obvious, isn't it? You look out at uh, you know, creation and just see something of the beauty of God. And uh, we have a, a, a brand new little track that we're bringing out, and we'll give you some more details about that. that Kind of um, the Beck wrote about the story of God, and there's a little bit about creation just revealing the beauty of God and his creativity. Uh, and we can talk to people about that, can't we? Yeah, absolutely. It's a really great way to start to introduce those conversations that we all do have that experience of looking at the um, beauty of creation and being inspired that that it must there must be a God. Yeah. <laughs> So second point is, um, which I think is important, is just seeing the divinity of Jesus in this passage and understanding how important it is. People have all sorts of ideas about Jesus, don't they? And they don't always match what scripture says. Here, right at the beginning of the gospel, John is saying very clearly, very specifically, that Jesus is God. And we might not understand the, the mechanics of it all. How can there be one God, three persons, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but John here, very early on in the Christian journey, is saying Jesus was God. He was there at the beginning of creation, all that kind of stuff. And that's just massive for us, and it's so important. I know you like the whole Christology stuff. It is so important. And, and the church spent years and years thrashing these things out, trying to get to the bottom of it, because it is important, because what we believe about who Jesus is, is the foundation for everything that we're going to build on top of it. So it is important. Mm, absolutely. So why don't you bring up the next point? Okay, so... Um, thinking about that, thinking about who Jesus is, do we have a sense of belonging to the family of God? And that's picked up in this passage here that um, that expresses something about God's care for his creation, God's care for us as um, his people. Do we feel that sense of belonging and, and do we make space for others to belong um, in our community and family as well? Absolutely. That, I mean, that, that is part of creation, isn't it? You know, that God made us to be in some way in community. That's such a big part of creation. Uh, final point, um, that we should never ever see God as being in some way distant from his creation. There's um, a kind of a, a philosophical thought that some, a couple hundred years ago, uh, that in some way God was like a watchmaker. He made the watch, wound it up, and then just allowed it to run out. And at some point the world will run out. Uh, but what we see here is God involved in his creation. And you brought up a passage from scripture, which I've forgotten, uh, which talks about God sustaining creation. That, you know, uh, that's, that's kind of important here. And really important to us as we talk to others about creation, that God is still involved. He didn't just make it and walk away. He, he's still involved. Uh, can you remember what the passage was? I think it might be Colossians I think you're 1. Right. Yeah. He's the one who sustains creation. And that's important for us to hold on to, too. As we talk about what creation means to us as Christians. So we're going to give you some questions to think about and go a little bit further. 
So we're going to give you some questions to uh, talk about in your groups. We've got three questions for you today. Uh, Beck's got the first one. Okay, so what do you see uh, are the key themes in this passage that we need to understand so that we can talk to people about Jesus? Excellent. So second question. Uh, if Jesus as creator came to live amongst his creation, what does that say to us about how God values his creation? Just kind of talk that out a little bit so you can understand how God truly feels about what he's created. Third question? And then one of the really important things that we've been trying to think about is how we speak into our culture. And particularly younger people, although lots of people in our culture are really concerned about the environment and about creation care. Uh, how do we pick up from this passage and from other passages of scripture ways that we can talk to them well about creation in a way that attracts them to encounter Jesus who also really cares for the things that they care about? Very good. So uh, I would encourage you, uh, particularly with that last question of mine, to watch Beck's talk uh, from Sunday if you've not already seen it. And if you did see it or if, you've, uh, if you were there on Sunday, why not watch it again? So that's all for today. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll be back on Sunday. With a, uh, we're going to look at the fall. Uh, I've got that task, um, lucky me. And then we'll be back next Tuesday with another edition of Deeper. So do please join us then. So have a great week and we'll see you then. Take care now. Bye.